Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Catholic voice in America. On this show, I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like why the world isn't working right now. The Protestant Reformation is over. Christians now have more commonalities than differences, yet evil is spreading and the enemy is winning because we're still fighting each other over self-righteous labels and high-level theology. If you disagree with me, then you're part of the problem. Listen, as Christians, we're all baptized into God's family. We all want heaven, and we all struggle with the same human brokenness. United we stand, divided we fall, it's that simple. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist who was almost murdered twice. But God spared me because he had a higher purpose for my life. My mission is to unify Christians everywhere. This show was created for you, the person who wants to be accepted and loved and reminded that God has a higher purpose for your life. Let's get started. Today, our featured guest is Corey Willis. You can find her at CoreyWillis.com. That's C-O-R-I Willis.com. She's a scripture-based business consultant. I bet you never heard those three words together. She's on a mission to help Christian entrepreneurs reach and exceed their business goals by aligning their business practices with their Christian values. You know this speaks to me right here, right now. I'm going to get into this conversation with her. And she helps them with their God-given gifts and God's word. How do you bring all of that into your business? That's what we're going to talk about today. She started her career on Wall Street. She's been a dean of a high school, a real estate entrepreneur, a trial lawyer, and a law professor. Can you say overachiever? Here we go. She's fabulous. I'm loving this girl. After many run-ins with God, she has turned her attention to helping entrepreneurs find the peace and success that God promises each of us. That's right, even you. No matter how far you've, you've been like stretching and, and trying to find it on your own and, and struggling and it just hasn't happened yet, I believe transformation can happen in a moment. This could be yours. How? This is how she does it, by teaching her clients how to do the things God tells us to do in the Bible. The very things we don't want to do sometimes. Darn it. Corey, welcome to Broken Catholic. Welcome to my show. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Thank you, Joseph. So um, I'm so happy to be here. Um, I don't know where this is going to go, but I'm really excited about it. And I, I'm, I love that yours is an interfaith, interdenominational audience, even a, a non-denominational uh, non-denominational audience. I think one of the things that we need to do is we need to come together as people of faith, people who are questioning faith, people who are seeking, people, right? Um, so I love, I love this platform. So thank you for having me. You are so welcome. Eh? You know, we're going to get into that. I am standing for three words, unified Christians everywhere. Mm-hmm. Unified Christians everywhere. Enough divisiveness, people. The only one that, that wins when all Christians are divided is who? The enemy. Yep. And evil is spreading across the world. It's taking down our young children, right? And, and we're just watching it because we're freaking fighting each other rather than fighting him. Yes. I needed to say that. Yes. <laughs> what shows up for you in that? Anything? I, I think you're exactly right. And I, so I am a, a, a Protestant Christian. I also use the name God. I use the name Jesus. But my work has always been open to anybody. Anybody who can tolerate that particular framing of these sort of universal concepts is welcome in my community. So if you've ever been to my website, if you've ever read any of my materials, any of my sales stuff, I always talk about 
everybody is welcome as long as the name Jesus doesn't put you off. And the funny thing is that I have so many people who are not sort of Jesus Christians, right? Um, and everybody's welcome. Everybody gets something out of it. So I, I agree the tribalism has to stop, um, even though tribalism is a very biblical concept, right? Um, but you're right. When we, when we are fighting each other over the details, when what all religions, right? And I think all all universal concepts, they all kind of say the same things, right? Which is treat each other with love, do unto others, um, be kind, have integrity, all those things. You find them in every religion. So if we can uni unify ourselves around those things, then we would be a lot further along than we are when we fight over the details. Amen, girl. Yeah, you so know, I, what I love it, this platform. Yeah, what did Jesus say, right? If they're not against me, they're for me. Amen. And we're all pointing in the same direction heaven. Yes. All right. So let's get into it. Uh, share something personal about you, Corey, that very few people in your business life actually know. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm trying to yeah. think how, how juicy should I give get? Me, give me that thing. <laughs> um, come on. I mean, I'll start, I'll start easy. I'll say this. Don't if start I easy. If, if I hadn't been a lawyer and if I weren't a Christian content creator, I would be a, a graduate gemologist. I love gemstones. I think next to the human body, gemstones are the most beautiful thing that God's ever created. So wow. That, that's, that's, something, very... that's something that people don't know about me. Yeah, got it. It's unique. I know it wasn't the most polarizing thing that you had there at the tip of your tongue, but that's cool. I'll settle for that. We'll get there. All right, we'll get there. She's like, I got to ease into this. All right, so Corey, let's get into the spiritual game here. Here's okay. why I invited you on my show. You speak about faith and business. And normally in the marketplace, those two concepts, those two words do not go together in the same sentence. Yeah. Why do you think we struggle to integrate God into our business or to put him at the center of our business? So I think people do to a certain extent. Um, in the sense that most people, when you say uh, Bible and faith, business and the Bible, they go to things, sort of these foundational principles that are super important, like ethics, like tithing, like saving. Um, mm. I think that's what people think of when they think of the Bible and money. But the truth is there's so much more in the Bible, right? The Bible talks about negotiating. It talks about asset management. I do a whole, I do a whole teaching on um, identifying your true business assets and things like that. The Bible talks about competition. The Bible talks about products. It talks about a lot of different things. And people don't know that there is actual practical business training in the Bible. Um, and one of the things that I find is that people in business, first of all, I think they may not know that the Bible applies to business as directly as it does. Um, so I think they just don't know. And then I think that they don't understand how it applies. And then I think that people think of the Bible in their personal lives, like treating each other well, going to church on Sunday. So I think people just don't know of the connection. And to the extent that they do, they don't know what it is. Mm, I get that. So here's what's interesting for me, BC Nation, broken Catholic nation. We're all broken Catholics, I think. All right. So what's interesting to me is that I believe all the leadership principles out there in the success business world, all somehow find their roots within the biblical principles. Absolutely. Like all of them. Absolutely. Yet we don't give credit to God, who right. is the author of, right? All right. these success and leadership principles. I believe in the triple B, right? What's, it, what's that rating? You get the BBB rating? The like, Better Business Bureau, yeah. Better Business Bureau? Screw Better Business Bureau. I'm, I'm, a, I'm all about the Bible-based business. 
Awesome. The Bible-based business. Get that rating. Awesome. That's what you want for your business. All right. So, Coria, I want to ask this. Mm-hmm. Give me your top three tips or strategies right now for the Christian business owner listening right now who does not know how to bring God into his business, his faith into his business, his Sunday into his Monday, doesn't know how to do it. What are those top three tips or strategies they can deploy this week to shift their business and put God at the center so that they are congruent with what they believe and what their behavior is? Okay, so the first thing I would say is that the Bible, the very first story in the Bible is a story of creation. There is no concept in the Bible around copying. And a lot of people in business are copying. A lot of people in business are seeing what works and trying to mimic it. Now, there is somewhat of a place for that, but the Bible says to create from scratch. Um, because it's in that process that we bring our God-given gifts to the fore, right? God has given you something unique that you are supposed to create, and we spend too much time trying to copy, which I think comes out of fear. I think it comes out of um, not taking the time to identify what God wants you to, um, to create. So that's one thing. Um, another thing is I'll talk, about, I'll talk about the assets thing, right? The, the Bible says that your assets are to bear fruits. And the business owner is not supposed to be the primary asset of the business. Mm. So what people need to do is they need to develop their business assets. And there's a couple reasons for that, right? So the Bible says something like, and I don't want to misquote this, but the Bible says that your lambs will bring you wool and your goats the price of a field. And basically what that's telling you is that an asset is something that returns a yield to you without being consumed in the process. It also tells you that your assets are something other than you. And too many small business people, they are the only asset of their business. So the problem with that is one, that there's nothing that can be sold. The problem is two, they can't take a vacation. Um, the problem is three, that if they drop dead, it, it, all of their hard work is of no value to their family, their, their spouse, whatever. So they should create assets of the business that are separate from themselves. Um, a third thing that I would say, I would say a lot of people don't know that you can fight with God, right? There are so many examples, all the great patriarchs in the Bible, they have these moments where they're arguing with God, they are pissed, right? And people don't think that you can that you can call God, you know, you can say, listen, this is what you told me. This is what you promised me. Why is it not happening? I need you to show me something. And God will do that. Um, I'll, I'll throw in one other one, a fourth one, which is, um, actually, I just had a knockdown drag out with God maybe about two months ago or something. Um, Tell us that story. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I was, I was dealing with some stuff. I was feeling like I was in a cloud and I was pissed. And I, so I went, I went to God and I'm, I'm literally shouting at the top of my lungs because I had always wondered about this. And I researched this and I was like, is it okay to be upset with God? And I researched this and I found that not only is it okay to be upset with God, but there are lots of examples of people, you know, saying, God, you let me down. You didn't show me how to do this. You said you were going to do this and you seem to be doing this. Show me what, you know, prove, prove yourself to me. Um, and so that's what I said. And I'm, I'm yelling at God. And I'm, I remember I'm sitting Indian style on my, um, 
on my bed and I'm literally shouting out loud, right? Good thing nobody could hear me. And I just said, God, this is, this is bogus. Like if, you know, this is what you promised me and I'm not seeing this thing. And I said, if, if this is your best for me, and I believe in God's best for each of us, I said, if this is your best for me, I said, I don't want this. I said, don't even let me wake up the next morning. Like just, just enough. Like I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to let you tell me if this is it or not. But if this is it, don't bother waking me up. So I called my mom and I said, listen, I don't know what God's going to do, but I want to tell you, I love you. So I remember clear as day the next morning before I even opened my eyes, I was like, oh man, he woke me back up which means that that wasn't all he had for me. So I said, okay. So I opened one eye and I looked around. I was like, yeah, I'm up again. I said, you know, all right, now's your time to show and prove. Show me what you got. And Joseph, I kid you not, that day, that day he started showing me. He started proving himself to me. I mean, it was, it was incredible. But I, I mean, I was at that point where I was like, don't, don't bother waking me up tomorrow if this is it. Um, and then I woke up and I had to call my mom, tell her I was still here but a lot of people don't a lot of people don't know that you can that you can you can go to God that way. And the other the other thing I I would add to it, the fourth thing I was going to add is that a lot of people turn away from God because of a bad experience in some human's church. And they never come back to God because some pastor, some deacon, some gossiper in the church, you know, when they were like 12 um or because church was too early in the morning and so they started hating church and now they, you know, now they don't know God. So people need to come back to God as an individual and not have not allow themselves to be turned off by what some group of imperfect people did. Love it. All right. So lots of, lots of content. I'm going to just dive in, right? <laughs> I'm just going to dive in. So first off, BC Nation, Corey just went vulnerable on you. She got real. She shared her spiritual breakdown with mm -hmm. you. We all have spiritual breakdowns. She was courageous enough to admit hers. Are you that courageous? Are you willing to share that with someone in your life to get real about what's real? Or are you going to keep pretending like it's all working? Are you going to keep pretending that the way your life is going is actually God's best for you? Or are you going to have that real, raw, authentic conversation with God? individually, one-on-one, -on -one, just you and he, your heavenly father, and say, Father, if this is your best for me, I don't want it. I want your best. Don't bother waking me up tomorrow if this is your best. However, I surrender to whatever you decide to do. Whatever you want from my life, I give everything to you. Let's see how it goes. Like, that's a prayer of surrender. Mm -hmm. I love that you did that, Corey. I love it. I've had similar prayers. Mine looked more like, what? What do you want? Can't you see I'm busy right now trying to rebuild my life? What do you mean you want me to spend time with you? Fine. You want me to spend time with you? Here's all my bills. Go ahead and provide for all <laughs> of those things, and I will come and spend time with you. Corey, similar to you. Two weeks later, all of a sudden, two of my friends, very affluent, hired me for life coaching. I had never done life coaching. They cut me checks, and with a little savings, I took off for eight months and traveled. Awesome. God provided for everything. And then I went and spent time with him, and that transformed my entire heart. 
Beautiful. I believe God is waiting to do heart surgery on each of us, BC Nation. Your heart needs a surgery. It needs a transplant. That's why your life's not working. And you may not know this right now, but you're the one blocking God. He's calling out to you every day. But you won't listen because you're distracted with the noise of the world, fear, anxiety, stress, worry. And you don't get quiet with him. We hate quiet in the society. We, we hate being silent. What do you mean silence? I got to have some music going in my, my you know, earbuds or whatever. Constantly distraction, distraction, noise, noise. God shows up in the quiet whisper. So can I, can I add something here about that? Of course you can. You're a rock star. Go. So one of, one of the things that I always do, I try to do at least a couple times a year, I should say, is a silent retreat. And what that looks like for me, I just go check into the local hotel and I put on an index card, I'm doing a silent retreat. I go check into the Marriott, the Hyatt, the Hilton, whatever it is. And I tell the people at the front desk that I'm doing a silent retreat. And I tell all of my friends and loved ones that I'm telling, I'm turning off my phone. If you need me, call the front desk. If there's an emergency, call the front desk and they will come up to my room. And two days, 48 hours of silence, you would be amazed. And by silence, I mean, not only am I not talking, but I'm also not consuming any sound, right? So no radio, no TV. I go with my Bible, my notebook, my journal, that's it. You would be amazed at how much God speaks to you and speaks clearly in full sentences. I mean, it, so this idea of silence is, I mean, it, it's a real thing. And people think of a silent retreat as, you know, having to go off to an ashram or a, a monastery or something like that, but you don't. Go check into the, the, the courtyard in for two days. Um, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing and it's life-changing. So I try to do it every year for my birthday and then one more time like in the spring. BC Nation, do you get that Corey just gave you the access to the very thing you want? which is real connection with God. This is what I offer. I do a daily holy hour on Facebook Live every single morning. We get quiet with God for one hour. Free. Virtual accountability. If you want access to like, if you got all these problems in your life and you can't see your way through it, you're in the storm right now. Guess who has the answer? I don't. Corey doesn't. We're great at coaching because we have objectivity. We're not stuck in your mess. We're not stuck in your storm. We have our own, but we can see clearly how to get through it. And it's always the same answer. We don't have the answers to your problems, but we know who does. And we point you to him. And it all, all starts with getting silent with God. And it's more important, not what you have to say to God, but what, what does he have to say to you? That's what you're missing in your life right now. Corey, I love this conversation. I, I do love too. it. Yeah. I love it because God's right here. God's showing up. There is nothing more important we could coach someone on than spend an hour a day in silence with God. Schedule a two-day retreat, a silent retreat, pen and paper, not consuming any audio content of any sort or distractions. I love what you've created. Like, that's brilliant. And you just do it at a hotel, which is awesome to me. Like, you don't go to a retreat center or anything like that. You just said, you know what? It doesn't matter where I meet God. What matters is that I go and meet God. 
I think, I think one of the obstacles that we have to connecting with God is that we put God in this place that we think, oh God, everything has to be perfect and complicated. And that's what keeps people from praying. That's what keeps people from getting quiet with God, right? If you think that you need to go to a retreat center that involves a plane and Ubers and all this kind of stuff, the chances of you going are not, right? If you think that you also have to turn it into a fast, a liquid fast or a dry fast or something like that, right? You're not going to go check into the courtyard Marriott. Um, so simple, 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 right? A lot of people think that in order to pray, they have to have the proper place and they have to have the perfect time and they have to, you know, and the truth is you can pray in the shower, you can pray in the car, you can pray as you're pumping your gas. Like don't complicate it because all that does is it sabotages your efforts, right? It makes it, it makes it unstartable, right? So just simple, you know, while you're brushing your teeth, say a quick prayer while you're washing the dishes, say a quick prayer. You keep yes. it simple. I agree completely with Corey BC Nation. And I want to just add back to this. Don't just pray at God. A conversation with another human being, you would never sit there and do all the talking, would you? Eventually, they wouldn't want to spend time with you anymore because you never would shut up and listen to what they want to say back. Mm -hmm. Conversation is not a monologue. It's both ways. So stop talking at God. Zip it, I believe. You know, if you're going to spend one hour in silence with God, it should be like five minutes of you putting in your requests, putting in your struggles, sharing, you know, whatever, your gratitude for all the blessings, whatever that looks like, talking. And then 55 minutes of shush your mouth and have a pen and paper and write down, what does God want to say back to you? That's all that matters. All right, Corey's on board with me. Are you on board with me, BC Nation? All right, Corey, let's, let's wrap up this show. Can you believe like it, the time is moving that fast because we're talking about all things. God, powerful. The enemy does not want to hear this. He does not want anyone to hear this right now. Because like, for, for people to know that they can access the creator of all of humanity at any time, any moment of their day, and they don't need a special place or a plane ride to do that, that God will meet you right where you are, that he'll leave the 99 sheep and come into the darkness to meet you, no matter how broken or lost you are. Like, that's a message of love. I love that. He did it for me. All right, so Corey, why do you think 90% of people are struggling to find their purpose? I think it's a, one, a failure to get quiet. Won't revisit that, but definitely a failure to get quiet, a failure to hear from God, a failure to even accept that, that our gifts come from God. A lot of people don't know that. Um, the Bible is very clear that the Holy Spirit, first of all, the Holy, the Holy Spirit decides who's getting what gift, and then the Holy Spirit distributes those gifts. A lot of people don't know the Holy Spirit. They don't understand the Holy Spirit, or they talk about this, the Holy Spirit in sort of secular type way, right? They'll, they'll say the Holy Spirit is you know, you're super conscious and, you know, all these other things that people conflate with the Holy Spirit. Um, I think also listening to everybody but God, and I did this for years, you listen mm. to your mother's dream for you, you do what your successful friend is doing, well, he's making a ton of money, she's making a ton of money, I'll do that thing. Um, uh, a, a low self-concept, a poor self-concept, um, lack of faith that, that, if you just follow the path that you were put on, uniquely put on, that things will work out well. Um, 
I think people don't know how. I mean, I've, I developed a 10-part framework to walk people through this concept of identifying their God-given gifts. And people are always like, oh my God, I never thought to look at that. I, you know, there's 10 areas that you need to look at and people just don't know what they are. Um, but the scripture, the scripture is pretty clear about how to find your, your God-given gifts and Corey, what to do with them. Corey, what's your spiritual gift from the Holy Spirit? Ooh, um, if you're talking about spiritual gifts as opposed to like my gifts in the marketplace, um, I would say that I am definitely a helper sort. I would say that I am maybe an evangelist. Like I, I this is this is a this is a platform. This is my pulpit. This is me sharing this thing with the world. Um, I think I, I definitely am somewhere in the, in the teaching, helping. All right, I'm gonna lean in on you. Okay. I'm gonna lean in on you because you just spoke about all the spiritual gifts of the okay. Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. What with certainty, Kari, what is your spiritual gift? Have you taken the assessments yet? Okay, so not only have I taken assessments, I have created assessments, but I want to clear something up. When I talk about your God-given gifts, I am talking about your vocation, the thing that you're supposed to be doing with your time, the way you're supposed to be serving, right? So it involves not just your skills and talent. It involves a particular audience. It involves a particular um, thing you're supposed to be delivering, right? The number one command in the Bible is to go, right? Mm -hmm. So God always tells people to go to this place, to these people, and do this thing. Well said. All of that goes into, right, and whatever you're supposed to go and do, God gives you the, the specific tools that you need to go there to those people and do that thing. Go is the number one command. So when I talk about gifts, I'm talking about what has God equipped you with, to go and do that thing, right? So it could be, and there are, there are gifts of the spirit, which are, I don't want to confuse those, but I, when I talk about gifts, it could be that you're able to pick up multiple languages. It could be that you're tall. It could be that you have access to an audience, to a particular audience. It could be that you have some asset that you could deploy. Got um, it. So what I'm speaking about specifically yeah. is the, the spiritual giftings of the Holy Spirit. So are you a healer? Yes. Are you uh, uh, an apostle? Are you an evangelist, right? Like yeah. prophet? What, what are those specific gifts? Because I get those one, two, three. What are you going to go to those people to do? What has God equipped you with, BC Nation, right? So for example, if you're a healer, then he's sending you to these types of people to go and heal, right? If you're an organizer, he's sending you to these types of people to go and help them organize because they're probably in chaos with something. If you're a prophet, by the way, that's mm -hmm. mine, then you're a messenger of God mm -hmm. and you're called to go and speak God's truth and love to these types of people. I think what you said is brilliant though. It's about get up and go. Yeah. So I, I did say, I don't know if the internet went out. I do think of myself as an evangelist. If that's your definition of prophet, then there might be some of both there. But I also think that loosely we are all helper types. We are all healing through the other gifts. Um, but I definitely think that I have a message that I'm supposed to get out into the world. And I'm awesome. supposed to share the so, good work. So BC Nation, you saw I didn't let Corey off the hook on that one, right? <laughs> like I leaned in and I was like, hey, I'm calling you. Like, what's yours? All right. So, and she handled it really well. All right. So we got to wrap up the show, even though I love this conversation. I want to mm -hmm. go further, but we got time constraints. All right. So Corey, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. This is where I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink <laughs> it. Are you ready? Uh, yeah, 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 I think so. Are you loving the name <laughs> Confession Round? Yeah, I'm kind of hoping my internet goes back out, but we'll see. <laughs> it's see. not that bad, all right? <laughs> Let's all right, see. so here we go. What's your favorite thing about God? 
that he is today, who he was yesterday, and who he will be tomorrow. No question. Love that. He's always faithful. Go yep. always count on him. What's yep. your least favorite thing about God? His timing. His timing. <laughs> I, I so agree. Sometimes, sometimes I feel like I need to give him some lessons on, you know, <laughs> I love it. The creature needs to give the creator lessons. Yeah. What are you most afraid of? Um, that my mother won't know that she's loved mm. and leaving this place without having done, without having stewarded well everything that God's given me. Got it. What did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s? Go ahead. Longing, coveting, aspiring, seeking, searching, right? Just not being content, not, not stopping in gratitude enough, I building, climbing, you know. What secret fear do you have about people or about God? I have no fears about God. Got um, it. What about people or yourself? About people, I think the basic, like, you know, will people like me? Will people understand me? Um, you know, searching for my tribe, my, my little sweet corner of, of the universe. Like, am I going to find my place? Yep. Or is yeah. Joseph going to ask me a question I really don't want to answer? Well, then co coincidentally, my internet might go out again. <laughs> I think you have like an internet button there. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? That trying to do things my way as opposed to his way is a waste of time. So we, mm. I mean, you lose so many good years trying to do things your way and it just ends up catastrophically. Yeah, I get that. What's a new habit you want to form? Eating less. What's a bad habit you want to break? Hmm. Hmm. Come uh, on now. You know, something related to my tongue, you know, I want to start using my tongue only for good, only to lift up, only to let people know that they are loved. Mm, um, got that. Yeah. Pick three words to describe who you are now, Corey. Oh, I am. Um, I'm clear. I'm clear. Um, I am humbled <laughs> by life. Um, mm. And I'm ready. I'm ready for. I'm ready to receive what's next instead of going out after it, which Love is what that. I spent my whole twenties doing. Yeah, I get that. Pick yeah. three words to describe who you were before you experienced God in your life. So I have known God my entire life. Like I, I have not felt separated, but my I mature mean experienced. Yeah. My mature relationship with God. Um, pre that I was self-conscious. So I was a self-conscious kid. I was a self-conscious young person, which is like the antithesis of greatness and creativity. Um, I was self-directed mm. um, and temperamental, just, mm. you know, I'd fly off the handle and Got break that. something, break something over somebody's head. I mean, just, just a mess. Well, well thanks for not doing that to me today. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. And last question. If you could come back to life after you died, Corey, look your family and friends in the eye and tell them only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? 
I'm the youngest in my family, so I think they're also wise already. Um, I would tell them that family and community, that, that biological family, blood family, is as important as external communities. Yeah. I, would love for, I would love for us to be closer, turn to each other first. Mm, I yeah. get that. I think a lot of my listeners would agree with you on that. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing that you want my listener to know about having a relationship with God versus not? Um, so I, w- I would base this on the story of Gideon, which I won't recap for time. But the message of Gideon is that whether you acknowledge God, don't, whether you're chasing him, running from him, whatever it is, that God will strip from you anything, first of all, that someone else could look at and give credit to that thing. Um, And God will strip away from you anything that you keep around you, that you rely on, that you might be tempted to give credit to instead of, you, you give credit to things instead of God. Right, so it could be your little nest egg in the ba- in the bank. It could be um, your intellect. It could be this awesome community of people that you're connected to. It could if, be your business. It could be your business, right? If you believe that any of those things is the reason that you are accomplishing anything, God will strip them away from you so fast, and you will wonder why do I keep having to start over? Why do I keep losing things? And it's because so God said to Gideon when God God told Gideon to go and defeat this army, and Gideon said I can't do this. Well, God says meet me tomorrow. Gideon shows up with thirty. 33,000 people that he had rounded up to go defeat this army. And God said, you got to get rid of these 33,000 soldiers because people will think that you won this war because of the soldiers instead of because I told you to go defeat them. Um, so God stripped this, this, this army down and that's what he does, right? So if, if you're the kind of person where you keep losing, you keep starting from scratch, you keep wondering why you can't hold on to things, it's because of one of two things. Either you think that that thing is what's helping you when it's not, it's God. Or God doesn't want people looking at you to think that it was those things. God wants everybody to know that he's the one, that he did this, this is his work and don't give credit to anything or anybody instead. Love it. Brilliant way to close. Uh, BC Nation, we're speaking with Corey Willis. You can find her at coreywillis.com. And BC Nation, do you love listening to this show? Do you love hearing guests like Corey Willis? who come on and share their heart the way she did so powerfully, so transparently. She shared her faith. She shared her brokenness, her doubts, her insecurities. You connected with her in many areas within this conversation. If you love this show that much and God is speaking through my guests to your heart, then go to iTunes and subscribe and write a five-star review. Write something great about Corey. Go check her out at her website. Connect with her at coreywillis.com. That's C-O-R-I-W-I-L-L-I-S.com. Corey, thanks for being on Broken Catholic today. You showed up powerfully, girl. I like you. And uh, uh, thank, yeah, thanks for being here. Thank you. I, I really appreciate this. And I appreciate getting to know you. I think you're so much fun. So I am awesome. a hoot. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. God bless you, girl. Okay. BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business. 
If you want the business side of that conversation, I have another podcast called First 100K, where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, because that's where I believe 90% of you are stuck and you can't break through. Go to first100k.com to find out how. I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day and I'll see you right back here next week.